Whoop, whoop, whoop. So many exciting things to tell you. I'm going to keep it short and simple. Number one, my book is now free, a digital version of my book, Building Simple Habits to a Healthy Me. You can just sign up and get it for free. Number two, come and say hello on Instagram. I'm having fun on Instagram doing exciting reels. Number three, I have four amazing packages for my Positively Healthy program called Magical May exciting exciting if you want to find out more book a call and let's chat and lastly remember radiate and renew four simple habits simple but mighty habits is starting may the 15th so come and sign up for that Welcome to Fit and Fabulous with me, Dr. Alina Kerrick. I teach frustrated professional mums who juggle everything to transform their lives, to lose weight and lead a healthy life so they can feel fit and fabulous. On the Fit and Fabulous podcast, we chat about nutrition, healthy living, emotional wellness in a way that you can apply to your life. I'll show you how to stop being frustrated and overwhelmed with healthy living and how to make it easy and fun. You're invited to sign up to my family-friendly meal plan. Three easy meals to help you lose weight that the kids will like too. And my systems video, the simple system that keeps the kids happy and helps you shed the pounds. You can sign up at drorlina.com. That's D-R-O-R-L-E-N-A dot com slash healthy dash family dash meal dash plan. Now on with today's show. Hello and welcome to Fit and Fabulous with me, Dr. Orlina Kerrick. I hope that you are super well. Here in Spain, it is nearly summer. It's really strange here in Spain. Summer is like a switch. One day it is spring, it might be raining and it's warm but not super hot. And then the next day, it's like someone turns up the temperature and it becomes summer. And I think that might be today or tomorrow or in the next week, summer will arrive and we will be hot at night time and having to go to the sea to cool down because it's so hot. So I hope wherever you are, you are enjoying the summer months, the spring months and having a wonderful time. Today we are talking about healthy eating for kids. So if you have found me through this podcast, you probably know me for talking about adult health and there is a reason for that and I'll explain that in a minute. But before I started doing this podcast, a little bit of backstory. I trained as a doctor in the UK and I worked as a doctor in the UK and I worked as a pediatric doctor. Now, when I was working as a pediatric doctor, I used to see lots of children who would come to me and many of them had tummy pains. And a lot of the people who had tummy pains had tummy pains because they were constipated. And A lot of the times they were constipated because they ate a diet that was very high in processed carbohydrates and didn't have very many vegetables in their diet. And I used to do something called the vegetable test, which went like this. What's your favorite vegetable? And if they replied chips, I knew that I was onto something and that they really needed to have a think about what vegetables were and really think about a healthy diet. Now, at that time, I didn't have any children of my own, and I would talk to the parents and explain, you know, this is what you need to do, give them more vegetables, and everything will sort itself out. And it wasn't until I became a mother of my own that I realized that it is not as easy as just presenting children with vegetables. So, 
I know that this is a topic that many people struggle with. So before I started my Dr. Alina site, I actually wrote books about feeding kids because I myself suffered with picky eaters. So I had my oldest child was a picky eater. And then my second child, who isn't really a picky eater, but I remember a time really clearly when he was little and he was sat on the toilet absolutely crying his eyes out because, hey, guess what? Yes, you've guessed it. He was constipated. And it became really apparent to me that he wasn't eating as many vegetables. Although I was putting the vegetables out, he was eating the pasta that we were putting out. This is several years ago now, and we had a diet that was much higher in pasta than we have now, before I really made our diet much more healthy. And at the time, I thought, well, we eat a relatively healthy diet. We eat vegetables. We don't eat that many cookies and biscuits. We eat some, but not very many. And I thought that I was doing a good job. Well, I was doing a good job, but there was room for improvement, and there was no reason for my children to be constipated. So from that time, I did a lot of research. I've spoken to a lot of experts and I did a lot of work with helping other parents who were in a similar situation in combating either healthy eating for children or picky eating, which leads to a lot of mealtime battles. So I have two different websites. One of them is called Snotty Noses, where a lot of the information is housed, and another one called Happy Healthy Eating for Children. And I wrote a couple of books too. So one on feeding toddlers, because a lot of people have problems with toddlers. Babies often start eating really, really healthily, and suddenly they hit this toddler stage where they say no to everything, and suddenly they start becoming very picky, and it can be a very difficult time for more reasons than one, but if you can sail through that evenly, then you can come out with a child who eats perfectly well, depending on the child. It does depend on the child, but there are things that you can definitely do that will make it worse in an unintentionally. So feeding toddlers, and I wrote another one, my very first book that I wrote so many years ago called Crunch, Help Your Kids, oh my goodness, I can't even remember the name of it now, Put a Stop to Picky Eating and Help Them Love Vegetables. So I haven't really talked about healthy eating for children for a period of time because I've been so excited about talking about adult health. So why do we want to think about healthy eating for children? And I think one of the big problems, one of the big things that I see is this mealtime battle. And it really, we used to struggle so badly with mealtimes. You know, you would put your meal out and say you have to eat some vegetables. And my oldest child, who's one of the picky ones, would go, no, I'm not eating vegetables. And then you want to encourage them to eat vegetables. And this escalates up and up. And, you know, it can turn into this huge, great battle. And then obviously you can get into a habit of doing that. And this behavior repeats and repeats and repeats until you end up with mealtimes being dreaded by everyone. I certainly used to think, oh my goodness, what should I cook for dinner? Of course, my children aren't going to eat it anyhow, unless I cook the same thing every single day. So we can become hostages to our children and we feel like our back is against a wall because we want obviously to feed our children. But How do we do that in such a way that we're helping them to be healthy rather than just giving them the food they want? So I think one of the reasons to really think about healthy eating for children is about mealtimes. And really and truly, 
What we want to be doing at mealtimes is enjoying our families, enjoying that precious time that we have where we can come together and connect and create a nurturing time for our children. And actually, there is research that shows that if children eat together as a family, it doesn't have to be every single day, but they do much better in lots of outcomes. So, you know, they're less likely to get into trouble as teenagers. They're more likely to do well at school. And you can see it's common sense. It's about having a stable, happy environment where they feel safe and secure. And one of the ways we can really nurture that is by having family mealtimes where we enjoy each other and just spend a little bit of time with each other. Now, obviously, when we're thinking about healthy eating for children, there are health benefits to healthy eating and there are short term health benefits And there are long-term health benefits. And this is really good news. And I will explain why in a second. So if we think about the short-term benefits, one of the most common things that we see is constipation. And normally, constipation is as a result of not eating a healthy diet. Now, there are obviously other consequences of not having a healthy diet, not getting enough nutrients. Mostly what we see is overweight children and sadly we are beginning to see what we used to think of as adult onset illnesses. So I'm thinking about type 2 diabetes. It used to be considered a disease of middle-aged people and now we can see children who are getting type 2 diabetes. So that's just to differentiate it from type 1 diabetes which is a genetic illness as opposed to type 2 diabetes which is as a consequence of diet and lifestyle. And we can see children who are getting both problems with weight and and I'm not just talking about being a little bit chubby. I'm talking about people who have um, medical problems due to their weight, including type 2 diabetes. So those are the short term consequences. So moving on to long term consequences. And I think this is something that is really reassuring for us. What we want as parents is to teach our children healthy eating so that when they leave home, they love healthy food and it is just something that they do without thinking. For them, it is just normal life. It's just the way they eat and healthy living as well so that they have healthy living habits. So when they leave home, they're going to go and be an adult who has healthy living habits. And habits are some things that we do without thinking about it. So it's just going to be normal life for them. And that's where we want them to be. And the benefits of that are obviously that they have a reduced risk of all of those lifestyle diseases, which is quite honestly, most of them. Now, I'm going to take COVID out of the equation. I'm not talking about COVID, which is obviously something that is on the top of everybody's mind, but all the other things. So things like heart disease, type 2 diabetes, which has so many complications and so many people die of type 2 diabetes. But also when you have type 2 diabetes, it can really affect your life. Um, You can reduce your risk of many cancers. So all kinds of things that are related to lifestyle, all those kind of things that I normally talk about in the podcast. So we can set our children up so that They have a very much reduced risk of all of these things because they lead a healthy life without thinking about it. It's totally normal and natural for them. And so the fact that this is really where the big money is, where most people are aiming to get, kind of is a double-edged sword. So for some people, it kind of means, well, I'm not going to think about it now because it's something that's going to happen so much in the future. 
a bit like brushing your teeth. You don't brush your teeth for today. You brush your teeth to keep them clean so that, as I say to my kids, they don't turn black and fall out. But nothing's going to happen tomorrow if you don't brush your teeth just once today. It's something that happens over and over again. So it can mean that we can get a little bit complacent about it and know that we could be doing better, but really and truly we don't have the energy or possibly we don't really know how to change things. But the the benefit of this is that you don't have to stress about each individual meal. You don't have to think, oh my goodness, today has been a disaster. My child hasn't eaten a single pea. What am I going to do? As long as they don't have any of those short-term consequences, like constipation, then it doesn't really matter. You can see childhood as a training ground. And I think something that's really important to acknowledge is that we teach children healthy eating. It isn't something that they will pick naturally. In fact, adults and children, humans, are designed to seek sugar. We are all designed to seek sugar. We love sugar. It's our main fuel. And that sugar, that glucose, can be in the form of um, table sugar, sucrose, which we'll add to cakes and you know things that have that really sweet flavor, but also things like bread, and pasta, which break down very, very quickly in our bodies to sugar and give us that glucose rush. So this is why we see many children, including all of mine, love carbohydrates. And it isn't normal for children to choose all the healthy foods, the fruit and vegetables, if they're offered too. And let's be honest, how many adults, if you were given the choice between um, some broccoli and a cake, which would you choose? Now, if you choose the broccoli, I suspect that that is because you've done some mindset work on this is healthy, I like this broccoli. And I think it's a habit that you can get into. And I genuinely love healthy foods, but I also know that there is a certain element of I like healthy foods because I know that they are healthy. If somebody told me, oh my goodness, there's some research done on coffee and now coffee is really bad for you, I would rethink my position on drinking coffee. And I love coffee. So it's about understanding what things do to us and our likes and creating a mindset where we actually love healthy foods. And it's super easy to do once you've built up that mindset. You don't think about it. It's just something that happens automatically. So what I'm saying is children are not naturally healthy eaters. We need to teach them healthy eating, but We've got the whole of their childhood to do that. It's a long-term game, but actually it's easy and fun when you know how. So how do we teach our children healthy eating? Now, I said to you right at the beginning that one of the reasons that or I changed from working with children and focusing on children and their health and picky eating, and I pivoted to working with adults. And one of the reasons is because... One of the best ways that you can teach children to be healthy eaters and live a healthy life is to demonstrate it yourself. Children learn by copying. And if they grow up in a family where everybody is eating healthily together, that healthy eating is just going to be normal eating for them. So by modeling and demonstrating healthy eating, they just do it naturally. I have to say, In our family, when we grew up, it was perfectly normal for us to have vegetables with every single meal. And it's just something I carried on into adulthood. When I was a student, I never really felt like I had had a proper meal unless it had some greens with it. And that is just a habit from childhood. Now, your childhood may have given you healthy habits, but it may also have given you bad habits. So it might be that the the childhood habit that you have is to 
eat a slice of cake after every single meal. And that's not serving you if you want to lose weight. That slice of cake is a habit that is just a habit. So habits are really useful things. Our brains love efficiency. We love habits. And I've talked about this more on the podcast. But I do think from time to time, we need to do what's called a habit audit. And we need to step back and look at our own habits and take the ones which are serving us and get rid of the ones that aren't serving us. And those habits are going to be the ones that your children will learn from. They will just get the same habits. And ideally, what you want is one meal that everybody eats. And I know that can be difficult when we have different likes and different dislikes. And perhaps if you're trying to lose weight and you think, I want to be eating this way. But, and it is totally possible to eat in a way where everybody can eat something at the mealtime and it can be peaceful and calm and tranquil and meet everybody's needs, even if they have different likes and dislikes. And I will talk more about this as we go on. So my number one message is in order to teach healthy eating to children, you need to be demonstrating healthy eating. If you want to teach your children to love vegetables It's kind of impossible if you don't ever eat vegetables. So start with yourself and you start eating healthily, start living healthily, and that will help your children. I love this quote. The best thing you can give your child is your own happiness. And I really and truly believe that. When children grow up in a family where the parents are happy, they learn to be happy equally. They learn to eat healthily if their parents are eating healthily. They learn to live healthily if their parents are demonstrating healthy living. Okay, what else can we do to teach our children healthy eating? And I think one of the things that I see is people have this big issue with dinner time. It comes to dinner time and my children won't eat any vegetables. And really and truly, what you need to do, and this may feel very harsh, but it is something that I think is worth doing, is to take a big step back and have a look at your child's diet and your family diet and think about what you're eating during the day. Now, if you're eating lots of different snacks, cookies, things that come out of packets, lots of bread and carbohydrates during the day, and the only time you're giving your children some greens, some vegetables is at dinner time, then there's a lot of pressure on those vegetables to be eaten. And that's when we get stressed and worried about them eating their vegetables. However, if you get to the stage where you're offering your children healthy foods all through the day and they eat vegetables at lunchtime and fruit for snack, then you're not so worried about whether they eat that particular meal or not because they've been eating healthily all day. And so you don't worry about it. You don't stress about it. And really and truly, it's not about what they eat in one particular meal, what one food they eat and what one food they don't eat. It's about what they eat overall. And there is a lady called Ellen Satter, and she's a big name in childhood eating and has really led the way in how we think about feeding children. And one of the things she says is that it is parents' responsibility to decide what to offer children, and it is children's responsibility to decide what they are going to eat out of all the food. So essentially what she's saying is don't pressure your children, don't build up this battle of wills, you will eat this piece of broccoli, you will eat this carrot. Don't do that, allow them, offer it to them. Now, some people, when they hear this, think that this is carte blanche to give your children 
cake the whole time and allow them to just eat pasta or bread or whatever it is. But it isn't as simple as that. You need to think about what you're offering. And it's not just, oh, well, you can eat bread, you can eat carrots, you can eat cheese, and then allow your children to eat as much bread as they want. You also have to think about portion sizes. So offer them an appropriate portion of bread as opposed to a huge portion of bread. And I think that brings me on to my point number three is portion sizes are really, really important. And one of the things that I think as parents is we hugely overestimate the amount of food that our children need, particularly very young children. So one really good rule of thumb is a portion is roughly the size of something that they can hold in their hand. And think about little children and how small their hands are and how they really can't get very much in their hands. But this has, again, it's one of those balanced things is that it means that a portion of vegetables isn't actually very many vegetables, but also a portion of cake or ice cream is, is quite small. And it's very easy to give our children more of the foods that we know that they will eat as opposed to more of the foods which we know are going to cause a battle and that, you know, they're just going to say no. So think about portions as well and what your children need. Remember that the reason that we eat is to grow and for children to grow, and for us to fuel our bodies. And this gets very muddled up in society with emotional eating. We are creatures of emotion, and we are social creatures, and part of our society is to use food as a celebration. And that's fine, as long as that isn't linked totally with emotions. So, for example... If we're going to have a party, we could say, okay, let's celebrate whatever we're celebrating, but we'll do it tomorrow rather than right now. Or if I'm feeling bad, what I don't want to be doing is diving into a jar of cookies. And we definitely don't want to teach that emotional connection with foods to our children. So that brings me to another point, which is be very careful not to reward your children or change their behavior with food. So either don't reward them with children. And I remember I used to do this when my oldest son was little and he didn't ever want to go in the car seat. And it would be such a battle to get him in the car seat. And I worked out that if I handed him a biscuit at the time, oh my goodness, battle ended. He would just allow me to strap him in. But what was I teaching him? I was teaching him that when he was upset, have a biscuit, it will calm you down. And clearly, that's not something that I want to teach him. And so when I realized that that was what I was doing, I stopped. But it it can work both ways. So we can, for example, say to children, well, you've been naughty, so I'm going to punish you by not having the ice cream treat that we had been promised. Or you've been very good, let's have a cake or let's have something else to celebrate. And that connection with emotions is not something that you want to create with children. And another one, which I think is kind of pertinent to now, whilst we're still in lockdown and life is a little bit strange, is boredom eating. And it's very easy to get bored and go, oh, what shall I do? And children say, I'm hungry. And they don't mean I'm hungry. They mean I'm bored. Oh, I quite fancy something to eat. So there are a few thoughts on that. Firstly, I recommend having an eating routine. And I recommend this for both adults and children. So you can change your routine however you want, but an easy one is breakfast, snack, lunch, perhaps an afternoon snack, depending on what time you're going to have dinner, perhaps not, depending what's going on. And you have these eating opportunities. They don't have to be at exactly the same time every day, although obviously 
in times when we're going to school, they work out being exactly the same time or when we're leaving for work because those are the times that work with our routine. And that is an eating opportunity for your child. So your child can choose to eat or they can choose not to eat. But they don't get to eat outside of those windows. They don't get to graze the whole time. So when they come to you and say, I'm super bored, uh, sorry, I'm hungry, and you think, mm, I'm not sure that you really are hungry, you're bored, then you can say, look, it's just half an hour till snack time. We'll have a snack at snack time. And another thing that I've noticed with my children is they say, mummy, I'm not hungry for an apple. I'm only hungry for chocolate. And I tell you, there is no such thing as only being hungry for chocolate or cake or whatever your favorite food is. If you are hungry, if you're genuinely hungry, if your body is saying, I'd quite like some fuel now, then you will eat whatever is put in front of you. Okay, you won't eat those things that you truly dislike. But if it's an acceptable food and you're hungry, you will eat it. Okay, let me just have a quick look at my notes. Okay, what else have I got here? I've got pay attention when eating. This is another big one that I see. Ideally, when you're eating, whether you're an adult or a child, you want to sit down and concentrate on eating. That is the focus of your attention. You're paying attention to chewing, to how your body feels. That's the thing that you're doing. And I see lots of people who wander around. You know, I understand that life is busy, but you know, you might be walking from school to wherever with the chocolate croissant. Or you might be sitting watching a movie and eating treats. And when you're doing that, you're not paying any attention at all to what you're eating. So it's really easy to just carry on overeating. So ideally, you want to be sitting down, paying attention to what you eat. And we had um, a podcast, I can't remember which one it is, but I'll put it in the show notes, that was all about paying attention to when you eat. And lastly, I've got lots of vegetables and variety. And I think vegetables is my motto. I think it's all about the vegetables. And the more vegetables you eat, the more, the, sorry, the less of other things that you are going to eat. And the more variety as well. If I put out three different types of vegetables at dinner time, okay, my children, they all have different likes. And some of them will go, I'm not going to eat this one. I'm not going to eat that one. But it doesn't matter if some of them eat broccoli and peas and some of them eat peas and carrots and some of them eat carrots and broccoli. That is perfectly fine. But if I only put out one vegetable and only two out of four of them like that vegetable, then two out of four children aren't going to eat any vegetables if I'm not going to push them. So lots of vegetables, lots of variety. And I always recommend to people, cook more vegetables than you need. Cook double the amount of vegetables. What's the worst that happens? If they all get eaten up, then it's not a big deal. People have eaten more vegetables than normal. And if you've got some left over, chuck them in the fridge and use them as lunch or turn them into a salad. My favorite is just to drizzle them with olive oil. And there you've got a beautiful salad, super easy and just tasty, nutritious snacks so that you don't have to think about it. Okay, we've covered a lot today. So this is healthy eating for children squashed into 20 minutes or so. So why are we doing it? Because we want to create a nurturing environment for our children and we want them to grow up to be, to have healthy habits. So how are we going to do this? We're going to model it ourselves. We're going to start by taking a step back and looking at their diet rather than worrying about one particular food. We're going to think about routine, pay attention to when we're eating, portion sizes, lots of vegetables and variety, 
and to not do things that promote emotional eating. So lots of things that we can think about. Okay, so I hope that introduction to healthy eating for children was helpful. And if you want some more resources or to find out, I have heaps and heaps of resources in this area. It's one of my favourite topics and I've created a lot of content around it. So first of all, of course, you're welcome welcome to join my Facebook group, which is uh, sorry Facebook slash groups slash Dr. Orlina. And I also have lots of content, written content on my Snotty Noses site. So that's Snotty Noses with a dash in it, dot com. And I have another website called Happy Healthy Eating for Children. And that houses specifically information about healthy eating for children. There's a lot of short videos on there that are interesting to watch. And both of those have a toddler cheat sheet that you can sign up for and get for free, which is obviously aimed at toddlers, but is a very popular um, little cheat sheet that lots of people like. I think I've had around 10,000 people sign up for that over the years. So what else do I have? I have lots of products as well about healthy eating for children. I have a book and video which is aimed at toddlers called Toddlers Feeding Toddlers. And that's a, a short product, which is, I think, around $19. I also have a couple of healthy eating for kids summits, which are a group of experts in the field who we did a couple of years ago and so there's about 10 or 11 chats on each of those summits and each chat is around 30 minutes and just discussing different areas of picking eating done by different experts so those experts and nutritionists people who work with picky eaters all the time and those I think are around 45 50 dollars each um, and I also have a picky eating solution which is a slightly more expensive product, but it goes really into the depths of how to create healthy eating for your children, whether they're a picky eater or not. And it's um, done over a month with some videos and includes working with me, so you have access to me. And that is €199. However, I have a bundle of six products, so it includes all of the products that I've just mentioned, plus my pelvic floor solution, which is a 30-day exercise your pelvic floor and um, my Dr. Orlina's wellness summit that I did last year which is more about adult health and all of those six products can be bought for 149 euros so if you are interested in any of those just reach out and I will point you in the right direction or you can find them on my website sometimes it can be a little bit difficult to find things on my website I have to confess so have a lovely week and I will see you again next week bye bye Thank you for listening to this episode of Fit and Fabulous with me, Dr. Alina. If you enjoyed it, I would love it if you could share it with a friend. Every time you share a podcast episode with a friend, it helps me to reach and help more people. Remember, you're welcome to sign up for my family-friendly meal plan at drorlina, that's D-R-O-R-L-E-N-A dot com, slash healthy dash family dash meal dash plan. Goodbye and have a fabulous week.